Now back to more of the Stakeout. Cool. Yes, yes, yes. On Sports Radio 92.9, the game. 922 Sports Radio 929, the game. Stake Shapiro, Sandra Golden. It's the fastest two hours in radio. Nine o'clock hour is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. One day treatment, life changing results. AdvancedHair.com. Stake and Sandra waiting on Alex Anthopoulos to join us, the general manager of the Atlanta Braves. The fun and excitement and the. Uh, and I've said this before, the the surge of uh, energy that comes when pitchers and catchers report in spring training opens. All due respect to my southern brethren here, and I've been here long enough to be almost a native of Atlanta, it's not the same as it is up north. It just isn't. And, and up north, they've got another month, two months or longer of, of winter, mm-hmm. right? But, but there is something about in the dead of winter – um, when it's dark at four o'clock, and it's not quite as bad in February, but but that notion of seeing the trucks pulling out of Fenway Park or Yankee Stadium or wherever all the equipment is, and realizing like, hey, we don't have that much longer to go, right? And all those news anchors, as you remember, Sandra, growing up, like the TV anchors get to now, you know, they they're they're there for the first day of spring training. So fun. Yeah. And I talked about you know growing up. That first glimpse of guys you grabbed in the offseason and free agency coming out of the uh, dugout, coming up through the tunnel and up the stairs in a new uniform. There was something that was just awesome. You know, baseball, I would not say baseball is number, my number one sport anymore, but growing up, it was not even close. Right. You know, and, and following the hot stove league is what it was called, which was the offseason in baseball and watching where guys were going to end up. And, you know, um, no, nowhere near the movement that you see now but any any move you know i grew up with the same lineup for it's kind of like the braves braves are like old school in that you know maybe we'll ask alex as well but when i was growing up you had very few changes over years yeah you know your outfield was jim rice fred lynn and dwight evans your infield was butch Hobson, rick burleson jerry remy and 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 uh, cecil cooper or george scott your catcher was carlton fisk and I could name the same lineup on the Yankees, the Tigers, the Orioles, the Twins. Like, there was not a lot of movement, right? Yeah. So when there was, it was a huge deal at spring training the I first think, time. I definitely think one of the coolest things ever, and having been down there for 23 straight years in Orlando, was meeting the people that were on either a dad and a dad and their father or dad and kids. And we are going to every single park in the grapefruit league and they would be there for a week so you navigate yourself you drive through it the great the uh cactus league is even easier to do but that you want to talk about a bucket list event yeah generational of years and again spring training sites have moved around a lot right you know um but but for for years that was your ballpark and it was at a different level of access um, but and- also the I, a different level of access, yes. And I almost like the old school. I was in West Palm Beach. The Braves were in West Palm Beach. That place was not as nice as some of the no. high school Win- places and college Winter places. Haven, Florida. Yes. You Even, this, I mean, Dodger had- Town in, in Vero Beach, you would have passed that in the highway and not known what it was. Yeah. But that was the charm. Right. I mean, it was we- almost like a dorm, you know, that everybody stayed yeah, there. Yeah, I don't think old a, school. I don't think a lot was going on in Winter Haven, Florida when the Red Sox would roll in there when I was a kid. And, and now, and Alex can tell us that, Alex, it's a whole new world from the one Sandra's talking about at, at Vero Beach and Winter Haven. Yeah. And the, these is, this is big business 
um, you know, spring training baseball. And good morning to you. Thanks for being with us. Good morning. Actually, you know what's crazy? I actually went to a game in Winter Haven. I was with the Blue Jays, assistant GM, like for one of the last few years that it was the Cleveland Indians at the time were there. But, man, that place was rough. And the clubhouse was like the size of a closet. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, you're in a great facility. And, and but I remember, I remember going, and then they were gone like two years later. Yeah. I mean, when I was talking about growing up in the 70s, there's something about the Northeast, and you can relate to that, certainly, you know, Canadian wise. Yep. When, when the trucks would pull out, and, you know, you're in Toronto, or you're in Boston, or you're in Cleveland, or Chicago, or New York, and you're like, how much longer is winter? There was an energy, a, a palpable excitement when the TV cameras would show you that. And you say, hey, maybe we're not that far away from, you know, being done with this stuff. Oh, 100%. I remember, you know, look, obviously, like you said, I'm from the, the Northeast. So, you know, grew up in Montreal, um, you know, not far from the Vermont border, about, about an hour and a half away. And, um, you know, I remember just waiting for the newspaper to come in and in the snow each day and reading the sports page and then getting my Bill James book shipped to me. And then when spring training hit, you know, we didn't have ESPN there, but TSN is a, you know, the ESPN owns part of TSN. It's, it's, a, right. it's, a, it's a Canadian version of, of ESPN. And, um, you know, they would have Mo- Montreal Expo spring training highlights. There'd be sports desk, sports center type at 6 p.m. or 6.30 and I would like wait for the expo's little clip of like the palm tree and someone throwing a bullpen. Right. I was so excited. And then obviously you saw the trucks before then. And hundred percent, when you're northeast, you're chomping at the bit. And it was so exciting. And look, you get spoiled in Atlanta. It's always beautiful. It's always warm. Yep. And you can just get in your car and drive down to Florida. I talk about hot stove league, which really I grew up with Peter Gammons writing the Sunday column in the Boston Globe. Oh yeah. Any- I used to drive down. I used to bike down to the corner store. Every Sunday to buy the Globe to read the notes. It was Peter Gammons. It yep. was Gordon Eads. Oh, wow. I used to buy big, thick Boston Globe newspaper when I was a kid. It was awesome. Yeah, because he's the guy that kind of started doing that, that column that now is common. And the other thing was, Alex, the first glimpse, and I remember it, and not to wax poetic too much about the Northeast, but Andre Dawson, the first time you see him in a Red Sox uniform, I mean, that was, like, iconic, you know. It, it, you know, unfortunately for Braves fans, kind of like with Dale Murphy showing up in a Phillies uniform. But, I mean, the first glimpse where very few free agents moved, and that was your first I – mean, it was, like, staggering to see guys in different uniforms. Oh, yeah, and that's – I think, like, obviously I'm a sports fan, but I miss being a baseball fan. I was such a baseball fan. I just – all those things you talked about, the new uniform, the players. I always, like – I used to joke around when I was scouting in Toronto and then assistant GM and – I told the story of how, you know, the Montreal Expos second baseman at the time, Delano DeShields, got traded to the Dodgers for Pedro Martinez, who was, you know, spot starter, reliever at the time, obviously Hall of Famer today. But I was so upset. I was so angry. I love Delano DeShields. He's one of my favorite players. Be leaning over the railing, ready to fight guys. And obviously, but I was a fan, right? I wasn't educated. I wasn't a form. And it was great. And. And I think that's why I enjoy the ability to be a fan of the Hawks and the Falcons because I don't have inside information. I don't know the players. I'm not – I could just be totally – not be objective at all and be a fan, and it's fun, and I get to do it with my kids. Well, speaking of uh, Montreal, you can be a fan here or, or be objective. How good was that Expos team that was cut by the uh, strike, and how loaded was that roster? you still believe that that was the one that could have won a world championship? Oh, yeah. I mean, so you got to remember, too. So, you know, you grow up in Montreal. The games aren't on, on TV. Um, 
that team had, you know, finally was really good, best team in baseball. I remember I used to watch this week in baseball all the time, and, you know, we had a VHS. We had a Betamax before then. But I remember they did a, they did a, a little piece on the Expos that year on this week in baseball, and I was so proud yep. that they made this week in baseball that I taped it. You know, because I was like, my Expos are on this week in baseball. Like, everyone knows about them. You know, and it's funny. When I got the Braves job, because I watched the Braves a ton. We had Satellite. We had T- I watched the Cubs. I watched the Braves, but a ton of Braves games growing up because we had TBS at home. But when I got the, the job with the Braves, um, I remember talking to John Sherholtz, Bobby Cox, Ch- Chipper Jones as well. And um, I remember asking them, because the Expos, when the strike hit, were six games up on the Braves. I remember where I was when Cliff Floyd hit a grand slam off Greg Maddox. And it was a huge deal for us. And, um, you know, Bobby Cox told me he didn't think they would have won the, the division. John Schultz obviously totally did not agree. He's like, we would have come back. <laughs> yeah. We would have we won. That team was but, loaded. I mean, think about the Awesome. And it's sad yeah. because of what could have been and everything else. You know, it's one of those things that you just, you know, you look back how things could have changed. But, you know, you never, I'd never in a million years thought I'd work in sports, ever, you know, work for a baseball team, become a GM, end up with the Atlanta Braves, you know, one of the best organizations ever. So it's kind of crazy the way it all, it all works out. Yeah. Alex Anthopoulos with us live from spring training on the spectrum of how busy Alex Anthopoulos is an afternoon in, uh, let's just say November, a day in June and spring training for the next few weeks. How different are your days and what's the routine over the next six weeks? So I would say uh, people ask all the time, like, what's your schedule like? And, you know, they figure everyone thinks during the season you're the busiest because you're playing games all the time. And, yeah, of course, you're playing games, but, you know, there's not as much administrative issue. Like, the, you know, when, when we're – and it's, obviously it's not a nine-to-five. It's a, it's a day it's – a, it's a quality of life. It's, it's, it's your job is your life in a lot of ways because it's constant. But the busiest time is the off-season because there's so much to do. There's a ton of administrative stuff, obviously contracts, budgets, all kinds of stuff. But you're slammed come November because there's just so much going on between staffing, players, rosters, scouting, development, all of it. So it's really crazy. You get to spring training and, like, for the most part, the work is done. You have stuff you're doing day-to-day and you're building relationships and all that kind of stuff. So um, if there's a little bit of Groundhog Day to it, and uh, you don't want to take it for granted, but – no, the work is really for Snit and the coaches and, and the players. Um, I'm almost there in a little bit for some of the quality control stuff, just, hey, let's kind of keeping everybody informed of what we're dealing with, some administrative stuff. You know, I'm aware of what we're doing, what's going on. We, we meet with every player in camp um, before they have an at-bat, before they throw an inning. And the only reason we, we do that is because I remember when I was in an AGM in Toronto, you know, guys, I remember, like, I'd walk past guys in the hallway and say, hey, how you doing? Good morning, this and that. And then, like, that afternoon, you're getting a call from the agent saying, hey, my guy wants to know where, where he stands, what's his role. And I kept thinking to myself, why did the guy just walk behind me and not ask, you know? So I started thinking and started doing it in Toronto. Let's just pull everybody in at the beginning of camp, sit them down, here's the game plan, you know, you're, you're slated, you're competing for this spot, you're not going to make team, whatever it might be, but at least everybody goes into camp, and it's not like – we're doing it after they went 0 for 4 or they had a bad outing. We're doing it before they even played. And then we ask them questions. They get to ask us questions, but at least everyone knows where they stand. So that takes up a good chunk of time. And then once the games start, you're just constantly evaluating and starting to, to cut down to 26. That's fascinating. Do you ever do you really say to guys you're likely not making the team? 
Yeah, I mean, look, certain guys that you know are just here, the young guys. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, like, sometimes it'll be like, look, there's waves of cuts, right? Look, you might be on the first wave of cuts. Don't read into it, right? Because everybody reads into everything. Oh, did they not like me? Did I do something wrong? You know, if you're a young guy who was in high A last year and you're in your first spring training, it might be like, hey, spend time around Sean Murphy or, hey, spend time around Charlie Morton or, right. you know, whatever, or spend time around, you know, when Wash was here, whoever it was, just experience it. But, look, you're likely going to be on the first wave of cuts. I just think as, as direct and as transparent as you yeah. can be, um, you know, guys won't necessarily always appreciate or enjoy hearing the truth. And they may not like it and they may not like you, but hmm. at least if you feel like you shoot them straight, at least from my standpoint, you put your head on the pillow at night. It is what it is. And, you know, guys that are competing, they're competing, but I think you want to explain ahead of time. Like, I don't want when it's time for them to get sent down uh, that it's like, whoa, I didn't see this coming. Right. Or you didn't tell me this could happen. Like, hey, you have options. You might get options. You're out of options. So if you don't make the team, we're putting you on waivers. So, I'd rather put it all out on the table ahead of time. I mean, we're not trying to be glass half empty, but I'd rather just be completely straight. Or let's say we sign a minor league free agent. Hey, when we signed you, we told you you're competing for this spot. We're just reiterating that to make sure, you know, there's no ambiguity and so on. I just, I think we take it for granted that, like, imagine if you were a player and you're sitting here and you're showing up every day and everybody wants to know where they stand. Everybody wants to know what the outlook is. And it may not like it and at least at that moment in time when they hear it if they don't agree with something they can come out and speak and we can have a conversation yeah, it's, it's it, in there the coaches are in there let's put it all out on the table before you end up hitting the field it's the old adage with the boss if your employee is surprised by getting fired you probably were a bad boss like you should you know right. no no at leading up you know where you stand real quick here Alex Anthopoulos with us from spring training as honest as you could be about a guy in his car thinking about what what are some stories that you think will be fascinating as this roster gets put together, that you're watching the same way a guy who's reading about the Braves and listening about the Braves every day as well. What are the things you're watching? Yeah, so we just had a – so we do – you know, obviously we meet with the players one-on-one, but before we do that, all the coaches that are in camp, so the minor league coaches that are here, the big league coaches are here, because 60 players are in camp. So the major league staff is not enough to cover all the bullpens and the hitting and everything else and the defensive work. You need a lot of staff. So we get all the staff together, the trainers and so on, and we review all 60 players in camp because they're not the ones signing these guys in the winter or bringing them in or what our thoughts and plans and if there's things we want to see or work on and talk about. So um, we ultimately came away with, look, the battles in spring training are pretty much going to be who's going to be the fifth starter, how's that, how's that going to work out, and what the implications would be with whoever we choose. This is all, of course, assuming health. And then, you know, in reality – uh, the last two spots on the bench, who are those guys going to be? And I know that's – I think it's a good thing that we don't have a ton of spots open, a ton of competition. That means you're a pretty established team and, a, and a, a good team. So, look, some of that might take care of itself because guys get hurt or, you know, don't perform and, and so on. But, I mean, I would say the number one thing to watch will be that fifth starter spot because we've got a lot of really talented young arms. The depth of our farm, the depth of our young talent is on the mound, and that's by by design. Um and, um, look, we had Bryce Elder with an all-star, and he's competing, you know. So yep. it's, a, it's a really good spot to be in. And the notion of some hard-throwing arms in the bullpen, maybe more so than late last year, more depth out there. I know you've talked about not giving Snit enough sometimes down the stretch. You're not going to learn that now, but you certainly didn't have a vision for the bullpen that's a little different from last year. 
Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, you know, there's an adage that if you only have one left-hander in the bullpen, you have none because you're going to end up using him so much and you're, you're going to kill him. So, and, you know, I feel bad for A.J. Manter. He's been phenomenal for us, but he's, you know, he's had a ton of appearances the last two years. And one, he's so good, but, you know, we just, Dylan Lee got hurt. We didn't have the left-handed depth. And there's so many great left-handed hitters in our league that you can't use A.J. Minter every day. You have to give him rest and you can get exposed. So, we definitely stocked up on left-handed guys in the bullpen. And, again, like, Nick can only do with what I give. You know, if I don't give him a good bullpen, you know, I don't think fans might get upset or whatever. But, like, to me it comes down to the GM. If I don't give him good relievers, he can only do so much. So I tell him all the time, too. You know, I'll say I, I apologize or this or that. And he, he's great about it. He doesn't complain. He rolls with it. Uh, but he's the one who's got to go face the media at the end of each day. Or there, There's days where guys are down because we use them three days in a row. But – I think depth of the bullpen is critically important. It'll keep guys fresh, keep guys healthy. And because our offense is so strong, even if you're down a run or two, you still want to have good relievers to keep the game at two to three runs so you can come back. So I made the mistake years ago where I was like, ah, you know what, we have four good late-inning relievers. That'll end up being enough. And it burned us because they can't pitch every game, and there's other times that we're going to be behind that we want to keep the game close. Well, in true Canadian fashion, always self-effacing, Alex Anthopoulos. (laughs) You've done a great job with the roster. Uh, Hopefully, I know you're not quite as busy. Maybe every uh, 10 days, two weeks, we can check in, see how things are going. Glad to do it, guys. Thanks so much. Alex Anthopoulos, live from spring training. Telling you there's not that many storylines, right? There's not. He's like... A little bit what of like the last two guys. To have. There's exactly not a lot to right. do. Yeah, I'll take How about it. a GM that apologizes to his manager, right? Takes the heat. I mean, it's. How about the GM a, that sits down with every single player right. before we, his it first out. at bat? Yeah, the anxiety of trying to figure out where I stand. I'll just tell you where you stand. That, by the way, that doesn't happen in baseball. He's different, man. He's Nine special. o'clock hour brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. One day treatment, life changing results. Is new, not always better. Yeah, it is. In this winter season of basketball, I'll tell you about it. We come back. Sports Radio 929 again. In honor of Black History Month, Sports Radio 929 The Game wants to recognize some of the most.